We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Alright. Oh boy, okay. Okay, it's another Butting Heads podcast, part of Ramstock Radio, Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about the Rams. I, I'm Steve. I'm here with Johnny. Johnny, how we doing? It's been a, a long time since the Rams have won a game. You know, <laughs> I think we said this in the last podcast. It was before the NBA started. What's the last time the Rams won a game? They've lost six straight. How, how, how you doing? You know, (laughs) it's kind of one of those things where it's like, am I surprised that they lost? Not entirely. Uh, But would I have liked to have seen a win? Yeah, I kind of would have, especially since it was very achievable this past game. I I, got to ask this. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least upset, 10 being the most upset, how upset were you after the Rams lost this game? I want to say that I was extremely upset that I didn't like look at any highlights because that the Rams lost. But in reality, it just, it was like, eh, the Rams lost again. No shocker. I'm a one dude. I, I slept like a fucking baby. I I do not care. Yeah, same. It's, I I even had you know the C. I have a bunch of Seahawks friends. I I had them text me throughout the game, especially afterwards. And I'm like, I I don't know why you're celebrating. You guys barely beat a Rams team that essentially has none of their starters on offense. I don't know what you're celebrating about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's true too. I mean, I. 
like this. So we're in a weird situation that I, I don't know. I mean, the last time the Rams were in a boat like this, and it wasn't even the same, was probably like 2002, where the team is coming off a couple winning seasons. They're bad. They're not going to make the playoffs, but like, and I'm sure some people disagree. Like, the I don't the the team's not done as a whole. You know, like they just the whole team got injured. They're not gonna, they're not rebuilding next year. Um, they might be bad again, but they're not. In, they're not gonna be rebuilding mode. They're gonna try and do and and make a run again. Um, whereas like. You know, I, I think 2002 was a similar vibe when we transitioned from Kurt Warner to Mark Bulger, and then we won 12 games the next year. But, like, I mean, really, since, like, not too long after that, they were really bad for a long time. And then Sean McVay came in, and we were really good for a while. Even even the one year we didn't make the playoffs, the whole year we were talking about what they could do to make the playoffs. Uh, and now they, they're just really bad. There's no hope. Uh, we're not technically eliminated yet, but... I, 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 it's not even worth looking up what needs to happen for us to make the playoffs. So it's, um, it, it's a weird zone. And, you know, one that in my adult or even like since I was like, I don't know, I was probably single digit age. Wait, 2002? Yeah. So I was nine. So I haven't really experienced this type of thing with a Rams team. And honestly, this is what people aren't going to want to hear. It's better if they lose the rest of their games this year. I don't care that we don't have a first-round pick. All we're doing with we win is hurting where we're going to draft. Uh, just to be clear, the Lions fans are, are also hoping we don't win the rest of the year. <laughs> um, it, you're absolutely right, though. Like, I, I don't mind if the Rams pick up a win or two here and there, uh, but... For the Rams to try and even attempt to fight to get back into the playoffs, why? Even if by some miracle the Rams defy the odds and make the playoffs, they're not getting far. They they would be a first-round exit very easily. And, uh, again, I, I don't understand the need to try and, and bounce back here. They – I, again, I'm not saying tank. I I would hate the fact that the Rams would attempt to tank, especially considering how much tickets cost. That being said, um, if the Rams win, cool. If they lose, I, I'm not losing sleep over it. It's a lost season, unfortunately. And, you know, if the Rams lose, hey, that much closer to getting, you know, a really good draft pick considering they don't trade it away. Yeah, and now it, it, it's it's not a bad place to be in once you've come to grips with it. You know, like two weeks ago, it was not a good place to be. Um, but now that we're three and nine, and we've been saying, like, hopefully they find a way to just shut down Aaron Donald. Well, they did. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. In this, listen, like, this is like they—they're not tanking because you can't really tank in the NFL unless you shut down everybody, and they are doing their best to shut down the players that they can shut down without raising any red flags. 
But like this game was the best case scenario. Um, they look like they actually wanted to win the fucking game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I haven't seen that from them in in weeks. Probably since Tampa Bay was the last time it looked like they actually gave a shit entering a game. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Um, I don't recall any other games where it was even remotely close. Not yeah, like Arizona, New Orleans, Kansas City. I they did not look like they really. I mean, the Chiefs game. They didn't look like they didn't care, but. Everyone knew that they weren't winning that game, so uh, they could not have looked more checked out against the Cardinals and against the Saints. But so they, they, they came out. They actually cared. I'm sure that was a lot of Bobby Wagner's doing, who had a hell of a fucking game. Um, they play a great game against the Seahawks. Not perfect because they lost, but they do a lot of things well. There are guys who step up and played well in this game that give you hope for next year. And honestly, like, if they came out and got blown out, like the more, you know, I've been saying that I think that they can pretty easily go back to being a playoff team next year if they do a couple things in the offseason. But, and you got to agree with me, deep down, that hope has been fading over the last couple of weeks, right? Like, <laughs> this game at least gave me that hope back. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like kind of how we discussed um last podcast for those of you that listened last podcast um it's kind of like seeing what we can what we have left on this roster because let's face it a a good chunk of our starters overall is hurt or out for the season or both um so why not try and find out what we have you know that's kind of been the tricky part with past teams in terms of, you know, younger guys that haven't been able to really showcase their stuff because, you know, they were, they were always playing, you know, behind guys that, um, you know, just got the nod to be the starter. And it's kind of nice to see guys like the Tutu Atwells, like, um, you know, a bunch of other guys really um, to really step up and, become you know at least a contributing factor to this team not to say that they're the future of this team per se but at least we can see hey maybe in 2023 these guys can be someone to look out for and that's that's i think that i think that's what you have to look at the rest of the 2022 season is essentially an extended preseason as awful it is as that is to say Oh, oh yeah, and like, yeah, you you can't count on. I mean, maybe they thought they might have been able to when they drafted him, but like, Tutu Atwell is never going to be a franchise changing player. But the way the Rams succeeded and the way they ended up winning a Super Bowl is they built a top heavy roster where they invested lots into their top five, six guys. And then found players in late rounds of the draft and through undrafted free agency and and stuff like that to fill out the margins. And some of those guys ended up becoming playmakers, like guys like Jordan Fuller, you get in the sixth round. Guys like, uh, you know, this year we saw a little bit of that with Ben Skronik early early in the year. Looks like they might have found something. Um, 
even even guys like Greg Gaines, David Edwards, uh, that you plugged in and they they made things happen. And yeah, when when your team is good, you can't afford to like let Darian Kendrick go out there and play like absolute shit. But when you're bad, it, let that guy play for the next six weeks, and if he continues to look like shit, then you know you don't have anything. And if the tide turns, maybe you do. And we've seen it with <laughs> Tutu Atwell. It's, it's a great example. You brought him up. Like, a guy who we have dragged over the coals since he got drafted. And I don't I don't not stand by anything I said, but a looked like a contributor this week. Like you could see why they talked themselves into that draft pick. And now that they're finally able to throw him the ball, um he's playing he played great. It was the second highest graded graded offensive player on this team from Pro Football Focus behind uh, Brandon Powell, who we will get to. Uh, he had two catches for 48 yards on five targets. He almost had an insane touchdown catch. Couldn't drag his second foot in, but that's why you play guys like this, and that's that's why uh, if you want to be glass half full, it'll be nice to have these next couple of games for guys like Tutu to uh, get more footing in the NFL. Might have even had a second touchdown if John Wolfer could throw the ball more than 30 yards. Uh, and then he added, I, I don't have the box score up in front of me, which is, oh, 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 oh. He added, uh, oh, I thought, I thought he ran the ball in this game, but he didn't wait, dude. I'm all over the fucking place. He, he had a couple carries for, for a good amount of yards. Anyways, point big, dude, he looks good. Uh, this is somebody that I could see being a player on the team next year. And I would not have said that four weeks ago. Uh, this guy was getting healthy scratch. They were not trying to get him the ball. But when you see this and you see what Brandon Powell's doing, when you get Matthew Stafford and you get Cooper Cup back, you can have some optimism that they could fucking figure out some other things to do besides throw Cooper Cup the ball. Because these guys can make things happen when you get them the ball. So, uh, now that we have uh, the attention on Tutu Atwell, I, I want to say this. There's a couple things to notice, particularly in this game. So, one of the reasons why the Rams drafted Tutu Atwell in the first place was because they were targeting a receiver, at least uh, so we were led to believe they were targeting Dwayne Eskridge, uh, a receiver, oddly enough, on the Seattle Seahawks. You don't see Dwayne Eskridge playing. So these are already two wide receivers that just haven't really panned out in the NFL for one reason or another. But one thing to take away from that is Tutu Atwell has shown a little potential in this game. And that's, that's, you know, that allows you to see that, yes, maybe there is something there. I mean, that catch, that amazing one-handed grab alone is something to be like, you know what? Maybe we should give him more opportunities. You know, uh, we've seen, you know, some, some kind of impact, you know, two weeks ago when you had, 
you know, Bryce Perkins throwing him the ball. And that's impressive in and of itself because Perkins can't throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field. So now that you get John Wolford, who can now throw it 20 yards down the field. <laughs> I, was you know, that, I was wondering where that was going. Yeah. I I mean, let's, let's be real here. It's not much more than, than Perkins, <laughs> but at least he could throw it 20 yards down the field. Now you're starting to see, okay. Okay. You know, maybe there's more to, uh, you know, at well, then what we're giving him credit for, what everyone has been giving him credit for, including Sean McVay. Now, Sean McVay did the McVay thing where he's like, you know what? This is my on me. I should have given him more opportunities, yada, yada, yada. We get it. We hear you, Sean McVay. Yes, it is your fault. Um, but now maybe this is the time that Sean McVay has to relook what he's been doing with this offense because it doesn't have to be as simple as it's been. Now it's really easy to say that now because obviously they can take the risk. Now there is nothing to risk here. If they get an interception on the play, it's like, well, shit, we're going to probably lose anyway. Who the hell cares if we actually, you know, take a risk here. Obviously, they're going to probably play a little bit more conservatively when there is, um, you know, a fighting chance. But still, maybe you don't have to be so conservative. Maybe you can throw the ball downfield when you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford there, and hopefully he can be a little more accurate in 2023. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing you have to look at here. Um, I'm totally okay with this offense, you know, taking more risk, you know, maybe pushing the envelope a little bit more. What do you got to lose? Losing? <laughs> We've already done that. Yeah, and, like, finding shit like this that you can add to the playbook next year when you have a healthy offense. Because, yeah, they got really conservative. They they lost trust in their offensive line early on, and so all they did was just throw Cooper Cup the ball. Uh, because that's what they know, and that's what they know can work no matter what the line is doing. But now you're seeing Tutu do some stuff. Uh, Brandon Powell had a great fucking game. Um, Cam Akers even did some stuff. Just getting, figuring out what you have with the rest of your roster. Uh, and I think that is what they're doing. And these guys contributed to almost an upset this week. And, you know... It didn't happen, but uh, it it was nice to see flashes. I was, I I I don't think we are wrong on the decision to draft Tutu Atwell. It was a silly pick, but we're starting to be wrong on him just being horrible because he looks good. He, this he's shown me more in this game than I've seen from Van Jefferson all year. Uh, I think I think you're being a little bit too optimistic there. I'm I that was well, optimism. That was not optimism. That was uh, throwing shade at Van Jefferson. Well, that's not very nice, but very accurate. Uh, listen, I am sitting here praising Tutu Atwell and not complaining about it. So you all know, I want to <laughs> be wrong when I say players are letting me down. I want them. To make me eat my words. 
um, which we are doing to an extent on Tutu because it seemed like he was quickly tracking to the XFL, uh, which isn't happening. He's tracking to a role next year. Well, he is under contract, which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Van Jefferson is not. Let me. He has another year. He has another year. Oh, he does. I looked this up because I was going to let the door hit him on the way out, but he is here next year. Very cheap. (sighs) Guy that I would look to trade, honestly, if they could get anything of value for him. I, I would because I just I don't see a future in uh, Van Jefferson here. I, I think that the experiment has failed. But then again, we kind of said the same thing about Tutu Atwell as well. So maybe that's not entirely true. But right now is the time for Van Jefferson to shine. He is technically the number one receiver in the offense. And while he has made a play or two, he hasn't really shined he's been overshined by Tutu Atwell who's been like more of a gadget player than anything else and Brandon Powell who while I I love the guy but shouldn't really be you know one of your top receivers I mean you can make the argument that Brandon Powell is probably the best receiver on offense right now (laughs) these are fighting words Johnny uh Brandon Powell in this game had four catches for 39 yards caught all four of his targets Three carries for 45 yards. Uh, 90.1 pro football focus grade. Uh, Highest on the team in this game. That being said, you know, yeah, he should not be your number one target on offense. But I think, like, looking to next year, assuming they bring uh, Brandon Powell back, which might not happen, but fucking better, when you have, you know, you're going to have Cooper Cup playing pretty much every down. You're going to have a number two receiver that might be Allen Robinson or could be someone else, depending on what they do. If you're Odell, it's not going to be Odell. (laughs) If you're third guy um, or fourth, if they're not playing a 10 and then down, if that, if that's a mix between Atwell and Powell um, and Van Jefferson, I feel pretty good about that right now. The bigger thing is going to be on if the number two guy can figure it the fuck out or if they could figure out what to do at that spot. But uh, Powell and Atwell are adding things to this offense that weren't there. And um, Jefferson's not really – not he's playable. Look, like, to me, he feel, it just feels like Josh Reynolds all over again. Uh, he's playable, but he's not, he's not really adding anything to the offense that other players around the league can't do. I, this might be a controversial take. But I think I'd rather have Josh Reynolds. I probably would too, but it's I mean, plenty of players can do what those guys do in the NFL. Oh yeah, no doubt. So it's yeah, but yeah, I mean, Re- Reynolds was playing pretty well this year. I mean, Jared Goff is playing relatively well. Jared Goff is Dude, they might have to bring him back. I am so curious what they do because he is, he looks good. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't oppose the Rams, you know, targeting him as like a backup. I don't think he'll be a backup next year. I I think he starts somewhere. I mean, there's going to be no shortage of of suitors. I mean, uh, 
there's going to be a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback. I mean, the Panthers have a vacancy. I mean, the Jets, it makes sense. If the Lions move on from him, um, they're, the Panthers will draft somebody. I don't know, man. White seems like a good quarterback. <laughs> he doesn't look bad, man. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't look bad. But, no, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the Lions do with Goff, but I, I would be really surprised if he's not a starter week one next year somewhere. So let me ask you this, Steve. Uh, let's say that, you know, the Rams are obviously concerned about the health of Matthew Stafford. Would you oppose the idea of giving uh, Goff a – Jimmy Garoppolo like contract to be your backup quarterback. No, not at all. Um, but I don't think he would take it. I think uh, I, 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 I think he. I think he's gonna be starter. But yeah, I, like if we could get him, I, I would love to have him back. And I think, depending on what leftover funds they have next year. You know, if they're really going to go for this thing, I think they do kind of need to invest in a backup quarterback that's better than Wolford and better than Perkins. And, I mean, we'll see who's available for that. But, yeah, I, I would fucking, like, Goff would be, he'd be the best backup in the league. But I, I, I don't think he's going to be a backup. Nah, I, I doubt it also. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because before this Jimmy Garoppolo injury, guaranteed to be a starter in the NFL next year, right? And probably still will be. And I think Goff has played better this year. Without a doubt. So, yeah, I, I think he'll get a I think he'll get a job somewhere. Uh, talk about the Wolfman real quick. <laughs> um, 14 to 26, 178 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. On his career, one touchdown, five interceptions. Like, so the, the offense looked pretty good at times in this game. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's because of him or in spite of him. I, I lean towards the latter. Um, like, like I get why they went back to him over Perkins. But, uh, you know, 
not an not an inspiring performance there. I I think they need to move on from both of these guys and find somebody else. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, clearly, if you have to resort to either uh, Perkins or Wolford, it's it's going to be tough to win a game, even when you know the rest of your team is healthy. It's just they're not they're not you know gonna be the the guy to lead your team when your starting quarterback goes down, and I I think for those hopefuls that uh, Perkins is gonna be a starting quarterback in the NFL one day, he's not unless there's an injury. That's just the reality. He he's an entertaining guy to watch. He's a he's a definitely a, a good dual threat quarterback, but. That's about as far as it's going to get. He he could extend drives by, you know, um, running for the for uh, for a first down, but that's really all you're going to get out of him. He's he's not going to throw the ball very far. You can only run so often, and you know I, I get it. You know some he, he's he's kind of handicapped for the offensive line and and really injuries to the team entirely, but. Yeah, I I mean that's that's kind of what you got to deal with sometimes, and I I would be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed to uh, bringing back Perkins as maybe a third stringer if you really feel the need you uh, to carry three quarterbacks. But yeah, I would be totally okay if the Rams didn't bring either Wolford or Perkins back next year, and uh, you know maybe invest in a veteran quarterback or or potentially a uh, draft a guy for Matthew Stafford's future replacement, though I'm, I'm not liking that idea for 2023. Yeah. And it, it's tough because you have, you know, we spent so much time talking about luxury draft picks. Can they really draft a, a mid round quarterback? You know, if, if there's a guy you think could be your long-term guy, um, and he's there in the late 20s, and you could either trade up for him with your pick or uh, get him at 35 or wherever they draft. It's not a bad idea, but at the same time, you're kind of – it sends the wrong message to the team. It says it says the message that you're not in this year. Um, and it also could just end up like another Jordan Love situation if Stafford gets healthy and plays for another five years. So, yeah, I – if they take somebody in the fourth, you know, or, or one of those later rounds, like, yeah, sure. But, yeah, I don't think you can invest premium capital. You got to go chase, like, <laughs> you're not going to like this, Johnny, but, like, a Sam Darnold type guy. Uh, oh, God, no. Because I don't even know if, like, Mariota is going to be in, in our price range. Uh, that would – can we get Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, pro- we probably can. <laughs> I, I would love Teddy Bridgewater over Sam Darnold in a heartbeat. Like it, it yeah. wouldn't even be a debate. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Darnold looks. I mean, he looks all right. They cut Baker because they they like him enough. That that's not saying much. <laughs> okay, uh, because we got to bring up the Baker thing. Two things are true. He'd be the best quarterback on our team, and we absolutely should not sign him. There's no point of claiming him on waivers. If we don't claim him on waivers, he's probably not coming here. 
he's definitely better than John Walford. Uh, um, as analyzing this as unbiasedly as possible, probably. But, <laughs> but it pains you. It, it does, because it's like, this guy is not a good quarterback. But at the same time, it's like, even if even if the Rams, uh, you know, felt the need to get a better quarterback right now, why would you invest in him now? Like, he's not going to save your season. He's nah, not. There, there's no, there's no point. I, I could see the Rams, you know, investing in Baker Mayfield if they, you know, had like five or six wins. At that point, you're not that far behind, uh, especially in the NFC West. But you only got three wins. You have to seriously hope and pray for a lot of scenarios to happen. And I just don't think that Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy to take you anywhere. So, no, I don't think it's worthy to uh, it's worth uh, to invest in Baker Mayfield this season. Unless the Rams are trying to sign him also to be your backup quarterback in 2023. In which case, I would not like that idea at all. I'd be fine if they bring him in as their backup next year. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I mean, like, you just need somebody you can talk yourself into. If your quarterback gets hurt and I could talk about but listen, like I've just, I've just been trying to sit here thinking about guys that the Rams could have as a backup quarterback next year. What about Carson Wentz? I'd be okay with that. Cause that's realistic. Um, I, I would take Carson Wentz over Baker Mayfield any day. Cause Carson Wentz is not fucking starting anywhere next year. Right? Like, I would hope not. Enough people have had to realize how many more times does he need to become a starter for people to like realize it's not happening anymore. Like that, that ship has sailed. I I mean, like, like I said, I Baker Mayfield is like, I, I don't know. I, I think I would try my luck with another quarterback unless there's just no other options uh, in terms of a backup, but I would seriously, you know, try and go after like a Teddy Bridgewater type of player before Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah, I just I have zero faith in in Mayfield. I just do. Do you think he goes to the Niners? Yes, a, yeah. a thousand percent. I think you have to. And, and if I'm the Niners, I would. Why? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you don't you don't point. even have to play him. Like if you want to give who is a Brock Purdy, um, apparently Kyle, Kyle Shanahan said move for Baker would surprise me. I, I don't know. That I don't believe him. The the Baker Mayfield signing would be a Purdy thing to do for me. He said they feel pretty good with where they're at. They're playing Brock Purdy, and they just signed Josh Johnson as their backup. Like, uh, you know, are you sure, Kyle? I, you know, 
I think I would rather have Josh Johnson starting, to be honest. I, I love Josh Johnson, man. I'd take him as our backup. He's got to be he so fucking old at now. this point. What'd you say? He'd be an upgrade now for sure. He definitely would. He absolutely would. Um, God, 36. It's, I can't believe how long this guy's been in the league. Sign him next year so he can be on, like, the 21st different team. <laughs> Who do you think was the Rams' first draft pick the year Josh Johnson was drafted? Oh, man. I'm going back. Um, Fitzpatrick? No, he's not that old. Chris Long was – did they even draft Fitzpatrick? Yeah, he Maybe was the, the seventh, seventh round pick. Yeah, I said first. So, oh, first. Okay, I, I missed that part. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick was is, was older than that, though. Was he like oh oh six ish? Yeah, he, he's definitely super old. I mean, he's out of the league now. So, he actually comes up when you search uh, the Wikipedia page. The Rams acquired the two hundred seventeenth pick in this draft which they also traded because they traded Ryan Fitzpatrick for it. <laughs> so that's funny. I, I love stupid shit like this. Um, anything else offensively that you want to hit in this game? I mean, Cam Akers looked – he's still been looking better. Still not buying it long term, but apparently they just gave up on Kieran Williams after a, a fucking game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's at the point where, like, I, I think no matter how much improvement this offense sees, that the ground game is just not is, is just going to continue to be an afterthought. And I, I can't say I blame them because even though that they it's it appears that they're improving, improving, you know, week, week in and week out, it's not like they're improving so much so that you have to run the ball more. It's just like, oh, okay, so they're, they're less shitty this week. That's that's basically how I see it, um, and that's fine. That I mean, that I it, it's nothing that we didn't expect to see for the rest of the season. So um, I would like to see more Williams, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, I know that they have to kind of focus with Cam Akers as well. Again, this is probably to see if they should even retain him in 2023. That, that's a whole other topic that we'll probably discuss, uh, you know, once the season's over. But, yeah, um, as far as the rest of the offense is concerned, I thought that the offensive line performed much better in this game yeah, until the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, they weren't bad. <laughs> yeah. Still got so sacked four quarter. times. Yeah, until the fourth. Oh, yeah. It was that last drive was just a fucking disaster. I was like, was Wolford even blocked? Were they blocking for Wolford at all? Yeah, they were not. Uh, they were not. But overall, pretty decent game. Uh, the defense, uh, obviously, the highlight was um, young up and comer Bobby Wagner had his best game as a Ram. <laughs> Uh, just all over the fucking place. I, I think he had to be then the only reason anyone on the team actually got up for this game. And credit to him 
because the team got up for this game, uh, and he fucking got up. He had a he had a hell of a day. It's nice to see he still got that in him. Oh man, it was it was incredible to see them that there, and I, I just find it kind of amusing because. Before the game, he was like, this is just another game. Like, <laughs> yeah, hell no, it wasn't buddy. just another game. It was not just another game. This guy made the Seahawks regret not signing him. They, they still ended up winning. But still, um, there he showed the Seahawks, yeah, I'm still capable of being a difference maker. And honestly, he was probably the best player of the game. I don't think there's any doubt about it on both sides of the uh, of all teams, really. Well, Brandon Powell, the, the 90 grade on pro football focus, so if you want to get technical here. Uh, no, he he definitely was. Uh, I'd have to think about on both teams, but that, that probably also is true. And I guess you can make an argument for Tyler Lockett yeah, and DK Metcalf. They beat the shit out of us, dude. Yeah. Uh, shout out to DK Metcalf because he he helped me uh, win in my fantasy football league, and now I won two in a row, Steve. So I I think you should be proud of me, man. Hey, congrats, congrats. Um, you know the silver lining is they're both really fucking good. So like, and Geno Smith is also good. I think we've confirmed that enough at this point that like another guy who also will probably be a starter next year. Uh, so, and if he's, if he's not, get him over here, Johnny, get him as our fucking backup. I Uh, I would take him in a heartbeat, but I I have to also question, is it really Geno Smith or is it the duo of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? Well, I can't be the only one thinking that. Did you watch the NFC championship last year? Uh, yeah. And did you watch the divisional round, both of those 49er games? I did. So it's entirely possible that you could have one of the best offenses around you in the NFL and suck. And Geno is not stinking it up. But to be fair, those are two Pro Bowl caliber receivers on your team. You know, and they're not, they're not old. These are two really good quality young guys. No, listen, if if you put Gino on the Falcons, does he look good? No. No. Because the Falcons are overrated. But it, it, who's overrating them? They're fucking horrible. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is the the Falcons their their receivers wise, like they there's a lot of emphasis on Kyle Pitts, which I can understand because the league is in desperate need of young tight end blood. And he's probably the closest thing to having a really good tight end in the league. That's, you know, not the older guys, the Travis Kelsey's and the George kills of the world. So I can understand why he gets the hype, but I, you know, kind of a controversial take, but I'm not a big fan of Kyle Pitts. Ooh. That is that's very controversial. You know who else is not very. a big fan of Kyle Pitts? Arthur Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Mariota. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. Uh but no, like you're you're right, and I also think you're a little wrong in that, like, 
yeah, he is benefiting from having these two guys, but their offense is better than it was last year. And their quarterback last year was, was a hall of famer, uh, you know, who's also playing God awful, but, but yeah, no, like he's benefited from the situation, but you can be, I, I would say this offense is not good enough to where you could be a bad quarterback and thrive like this. Uh, especially in this game after Ken Walker got hurt. Um, because DJ Dallas is not it. But no, yeah, I mean he benefits from those guys and our secondary again did not look good. But no, they did not. I mean, good receivers should be able to abuse us. It's it's terrifying when guys like Jalen Ramsey. Are... So do you think this is personnel or coaching more? Because I wonder if we're running the same stupid ass schemes because we don't trust the guys to play other types of coverage. And I think that, I think that's what's probably happening. I think that's definitely part of it because, you know, as much potential as guys like Darian Kendrick and Jacoby Durant um, have, they're still rookies at the end of the day. You know, they still have a long way to go and this is valuable playing time for sure, but it's, you know, they're still, struggling you know they still have a long way to go and learn and Jalen Ramsey though isn't exactly shining either you know and this is a guy that you need to shine and he was just cooked the entire game also uh though I have to say I love that clip of him you know calling out to uh DK Metcalf I believe was like hey where are you going and as uh Metcalf you know ran to the other side um, I, I don't know if you've seen that clip, but it, it's hilarious. Yeah. He still cracks me up, but he's all, he's been so bad. He's, he's not been good. Uh, Kobe Durant made that one good play down the stretch. Um, so that was encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This was a tough one. It's not going to get easier next week. Worse offense, but Devontae Adams, so we'll see what happens. For the um, love of God, Rams, if you can win one more game this season, please let it be against the Raiders. I I, agree. I would literally be fine if this is the last win of the season. I want them to beat the shit out of the Raiders. You know what's hilarious is, like, we thought the end of the season might be a gauntlet. And our next three games are against the Raiders, Packers, Broncos, who are all really bad. Um, I guess the Raiders are kind of figuring it out. And, and I guess the Packers aren't really bad. They're all not good. The Broncos are fucking terrible. Um, so this like this would have been a nice stretch of winnable games, uh, but it doesn't matter anymore. What are you talking about, Steve? It is a gauntlet to see who's the worst team. <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, I do. Before we move on, I do want to give a shout out to Michael Hoyt. What a, a banger game! Are are you buying Michael Hoyt as a contributor long term? Mm, you know, I wouldn't oppose the idea. I know this is a guy that the Rams have been high on, uh, which is great because you know it's always good to find like 
uh, undrafted free agent gems. And he certainly fits into that category. And it's kind of nice to see him finally become, you know, a difference maker. So uh, I don't know if I buy him being like a, a future contributor, like maybe uh, like a Marcus Copeland type of contributor, someone that, you know, it will be a rotational piece, but can certainly still contribute. That's how I see Mike Hoyt, and hopefully that continues. Well, if, if he continues to develop, I could see it more of like a Samson Ibukam, Morgan Fox type guy. Um, if he becomes Morgan Fox, uh, that's that's a win. Yeah, that is a W right there. This is a great game, dude. Um, and he's going to get plenty of reps the rest of the season. So we'll see what we got. Anyone else you wanted to call out defensively? Uh, defensively, not really. Um, you know, we called out, we, we gave a shout out to Bobby Wagner, Hoyt. Um, Bobby Brown showed some stuff, you know, we'll save it to something there. And we'll see. Um, Ernest Jones, I, I love, I love the aggression there. Have you noticed recently? I don't know if it's because the Rams have been struggling a lot lately, but have you seen like the aggression he has with his tackles lately? I'm like, well, damn, I, he's the last person I want to be tackled by right now. Just trying to hit some people. I mean, he's making them count. <laughs> that he is. Uh, we brought up the Raiders, so we could talk quickly about this game uh, before we talk about Stafford, and then we can wrap it up after that. Do you actually think they'll win this week? Because they're five and a half point underdogs. Um, the Raiders were two and seven. They're now five and seven. Not everyone they beat's that good, but it was a big one against the Chargers last week. They've got a lot more momentum than us and actually do have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know if they will, but uh, they keep winning. They'll be in the mix. I I hope they win too, but I don't know if they're going to. My heart tells me the Rams will win this game. But my brain tells me the Rams don't got a fucking chance. And that hurts me to say because I cannot stand the Raiders. It yeah, is... I'd, I'd love to win this one too. Um, oh, so man, home... I have so many Raider friends that are just waiting for this game because this is like their Super Bowl. And, uh, I, I mean, to be fair, it's kind of our Super Bowl too, or at least for me anyway. Um, <laughs> and I just, like I said, if the Rams go in one game this season, this would be it. Yeah, I think they're gonna lose this one. I get, I give it to the Raiders, twenty four to four to thirteen. Well, you know what, Steve? Dreams come true. I'm gonna say the Rams are gonna win this game. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say twenty seven to seventeen. Damn, ten point win. I, I'm gonna have to bet them just for that. Get, go big or go home, right? I love it. You know, I I, I saw that the um, – I, I made a probably too much money bet today because the Vikings are underdogs this week at the Lions. Uh, they're like plus one. And then the Bucks are at the 49ers and are pretty – I think I, it was like four or five points underdogs. I parlayed that shit, dude. Why are those teams underdogs? That is a very good question. And 
I I think just because the Lions had such a huge victory this past week, they're pretty good. They're they. I mean, they could win that game. I am not fucking ever betting on Brock Purdy to beat Tom Brady. You know he might, but like, it just I will I will bet that game if you're gonna give me Tom Brady as an underdog against Brock Purdy. I'm gonna bet on it. And I think Vegas knows that. Maybe that's why they're underdogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know, Steve. It, it could be it could be Baker. It could be um it, it could be Josh Johnson out there. It may not be Purdy. I will still bet Tom Brady against any of those guys. Uh yeah. If we'll see though. I mean the, the 49ers are are good outside of that. And they've won this many games with Jimmy, who y'all know how I feel about. So maybe maybe it doesn't matter. You know, maybe you could just throw me back there. I can hand the ball off. Actually, I, I can't. I told a coach that one time, and he put me in a quarterback, and we fumbled the first two plays. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a Steve fun fact. <laughs> we didn't have any backup quarterbacks. Somebody needed to play. Um, talk about Stafford quick. Heads to the IR. Uh, it's kind of older news at this point, but we haven't talked about it. The official word is a spinal cord contusion. Sean McVay said it's not a long-term injury and that he should have a completely healthy offseason. That being said, not what you want to hear uh, from the quarterback. And I don't know. I'm, I am I have no idea how this is going to play out long-term. Uh there are already health questions on Stafford going into the season with his elbow. Then you add the concussions. This, I'm sure, is, uh, you know, part of that. And it's I, – I think he's still the quarterback next year. It's definitely in the realm of possibility that he retires. It's also definitely in the realm of the possibility that he's just cooked as well. Uh, not Allen Robinson level cooked, but – I mean that that arm might might not be fully fully back, and I don't know. I mean it's it's a it's, it's out of all the variables of what could happen to the Rams, this is probably the most frightening because without him, I don't know where we go at that position. Uh yeah i i I don't see the I don't first of all I don't really see the purpose in uh, trying to rush him back again, what for? And, and, and they're not. He's not playing this year. I think McVay was no. more just saying, like, this shouldn't affect him in his career after a couple weeks. And that's and that's great. I, I, I like kind of the direction that they're leaning towards because, again, we don't know how much longer Matthew Stafford has, per se. Um, but you figure if if he does come back, he has like you know two or three years, so you may as well conserve him and save him because I think clearly there's still a lot left in the tank with Matthew Stafford. So don't jeopardize it. And I I just love this approach. And here's hoping he comes back fully healthy. Um, and you know he just takes this time to rest and, and correct anything that needs to be corrected on the offseason, whether it requires surgery or not, have no clue. But, damn, a a spinal cord contusion. That just 
That just sounds awful. Yeah, it probably sounds worse than it is, but it sounds horrible. Yes. It does like, not I, sound I good. would hate to hear from my doctor, oh, you have a spinal cord contusion. I'd be like, <laughs> be like, please, please tell me that's not like life altering, which it, it's not. It, it just sounds a lot worse than what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll have lots of months to talk about this. They still haven't put Aaron Dalton on the IR yet. Like, just put him on the fucking IR. What are what are we doing? Uh, he gave you an out. You have your excuse now. He already missed a game, so his his healthy playing every game in his career streak is over. Just just get him out of there. I think it might not actually be Sean McVay or or Les Need in this decision. I think this might be Aaron Donald because one thing you have to say about Aaron Donald is this is this guy's a competitor even even with the shit season that this has become. I, I think this is uh, um, this is definitely a, a you know a competitor in Aaron Donald uh, wanting to just go out there and be out there with his boys, and and that's that's a wonderful trait to have. Um, so. I mean, even like when you saw, you know, guys like Bobby Wagner pumping up the team, Aaron Donald was right there. Yeah. You know? So uh, you're probably right. So if I had to guess now, I don't know. I don't have insider information, though. I would love it. Um, that's my guess in all of this is that Aaron Donald wants to go back and play, which is is nice in a sense. But at the same time, it's like, please stay healthy. We need you in 2023. Yeah, I agree. I think to um on a similar note to that, if Cooper Cup hits like ninety percent health before the season ends, they need to just postpone all of his doctor's appointments so that he doesn't also try and play. Cause he also will wanna play. Just let these guys rest. If we need them if we wanna have a shot next year. Just, just just let him rest. You got any any final thoughts on this podcast? Uh, I do, and that's that the Lakers are back, baby. Congratulations. Uh, Lakers fans have had such a tough go of it, man. They were bad for, for two years. I, I truly don't understand how you guys did it. It was... Uh, my God, what a what a to- long tortured and suffering fan base, you know, a, a, a two year drought from your last championship. It's it's really, I, I I feel for you guys, and you know that might be something that we deal with next year too. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that didn't uh, hear this, but uh, Steve has called Los Angeles fans. Um, spoiled, particularly Laker fans. Laker fans specifically. Yes. Uh, and, and you know, he's not wrong, but, you know, the Lakers are just held to such higher standards that a two-year drought is just not okay. They've won a championship every every decade. Ever. And, and, just like ever. And you know what? There's room for improvement. If... <laughs> If you're over the age of one, you've seen the Lakers win a championship. 
if you're <laughs> over the age of like what 12 11 you've seen them win multiple championships <laughs> uh if you've seen if you're over the if if you're Johnny's age you've seen them win more championships than any franchise in NBA history except the Celtics. So, like, <laughs> I will never feel bad for Lakers fans. I, I think that's Steve's jab at calling me old. Not even. Same here. <laughs> I was born in, uh, born in 93. I've, I've seen the Lakers in my lifetime win six championships. So, uh, sorry. Uh, tied with the Bulls. <laughs> wow. Uh, and and the Bulls boring. only had one period of success, really, in their entire franchise history, whereas the Lakers has just been nonstop success. Well, hopefully, Anthony Davis can stay healthy and continue his MVP path because he's been the main reason as to why the Lakers have had recent success. I will say I, I am happy that he's playing this well because he was too good to be as mediocre as he's been the last couple of years. Also, they're 10 and 12. <laughs> like, what you... just sitting here saying the Lakers are back. I, I know, I know they're on, they're on a run right now. But uh, if the season ended today, they would finish 13th in the Western Conference. The Lakers have played 22 games since the Rams' last victory. I'm going to end it there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Zero, at johnny 5 not 6 at TalkRams, and we'll talk to you guys later. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com